Hello, everybody. This is Chalk Talk. I'm Mike Simpson, superintendent of Guthrie Public Schools. And today we have two all-stars with us that are joining us uh, from the OSSAA. We have the assistant director in charge of officials, Grant Gower, and we have the director, David Jackson. Thank you guys for joining us today on Chalk Talk. Thanks, Dr. Simpson, for having us. We're going to talk a little bit today about some things that the OSSAA does and some of the things that were challenges that we're faced with in sports, not just in Oklahoma, but across the nation. I know that you guys are very attuned to all that stuff. You live it every day, and you take those challenges to heart to try and help kids. And so I know you're both recovering educators, (laughs) and so I want you guys to introduce yourself to the listeners today. Grant, why don't we start with you? Thanks for having us today, uh, Dr. Simpson. It, it is a pleasure to be here. And I think I've lost track because I'm old, but I think this is my 38th year or 39th, somewhere in there, in, in education in one form or fashion. Uh, longtime coach, school administrator, teacher, uh, athletic director. Um, just down the road as head football coach at Deer Creek High School. Um, Many Blue Jays will, will recognize your name. Yeah. Well, for, for good or for bad, probably. But it has some, And, of course, I always loved uh, playing Guthrie when we were in the football district together. It has some great memories, some great games here at Gelsman Stadium and, of course, there at Deer Creek as well. And um, Most recently was offensive coordinator at Oklahoma Baptist University. Uh, there was a the football program there and, and um, then got the opportunity to come to the OSSA uh, three years ago now. And uh, it, it's been been a pleasure getting to work with uh, Mr. Jackson, of course, all the staff, just just great people there. But um, uh, I'm uh, hopefully another 38 years is in, is in the, the works in education. I don't know though. We'll see. <laughs> That's great. Well, David, kind of introduce yourself to everyone. Well, again, thanks, Dr. Simpson, and I'll echo what what Grant said. We appreciate you uh, having us on. You know, anytime we get a chance to talk about things that are going on with the OSSAA, we take advantage of that because we don't get those opportunities. As often as we'd like. I uh, am finishing my 37th year in education. Started back in my hometown at Paul's Valley as a math teacher and coach. And when you're in a district that small, you coach everything pretty much. And finished there my last six years as the high school principal before I had a chance encounter with Bill Self. I had hired as an assistant principal a gentleman that worked at Edmund Memorial, and I came up to help him move, and we bumped into Bill Self in a store and got to talking. And and for the listeners, that's Bill Self, that's, the Kansas basketball coach's that, father. That, <laughs> so. that, that's correct. That, that's correct. The, to yeah. those of us that don't have as many years in education as, <laughs> as we do here. That's right. And he, he was the current executive director mm-hmm. of the OSSA at that time and had a nice visit. When I got home, Mr. Self gave me a call. He was going to have someone retiring and wanted to know if I would be interested. I indicated to Mr. Self that and I am back in my hometown. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm, I'm comfortable. I had just had a set of twins and having um, the support of family around me. I mean, it made absolutely no sense for me to <laughs> do anything different than that. You know, sometimes I don't get the last say in, in those things and ended up applying for the job and, and getting it. And this was in 96 that Mr. Self brought me on staff in 2016. Got to move into the executive director chair and been loving it ever since. Some days are better than others, but, but they're that, all good if you're if you're above ground, absolutely. right? Absolutely. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> well, Grant, guys, we just finished up what is probably the, the crown jewel of what 
uh, the OSSAA does. I think you guys would probably agree with me on that in the state high school basketball tournament. Talk a little bit about what that's been like this year and the good, the bad, and uh, if there was any ugly at any of it. I'll just say, Dr. Simpson, this basketball series was one that was highly anticipated for us because it's the first time in two years that we've got to have a state championship series that was as normal as they used to be. We didn't have any capacity limitations in our facilities. The attendance gave us an indication of just how much people missed coming out to those uh, basketball playoffs. I can't document this yet until we get our final numbers, but I'm, I'm going to guess that we're going to have a record attendance. People were ready to get yeah. back out. Uh, to watch high school basketball it felt normal too it, it really did and and i think everyone was <laughs> was yep. looking for some normalcy that that we'd been missing you you don't you don't appreciate things until they're taken away from you sometimes absolutely and and i think maybe the the strongest indicator of just how much people were ready to get back out was on friday of the second weekend where we got the, the snowstorm that moved in that morning you know, we were wondering, you know, are people going to stay home now? It didn't seem to make any difference. I mean, we, we had people come out as if there was nothing outside. And, and again, just indication that people missed being in the gyms at, at that time of the year. So it was good to see that. It was good to get back to some some normal uh, again. And, and, you know, one of the other things that, that we really have been trying to place some emphasis on is our sportsmanship. And in basketball, as we all know, that's when unsportsmanlike behavior is really made manifest because we've got people right on top of the floor and basketball is just a very emotional activity. As a former basketball coach, I can tell you, nothing makes people go crazier than basketball, it seems like. And I sit there and I watch the coaches and I go, how can somebody act like that? And then I'll run into one of my former players that reminds me that I acted like that too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is. It's a very emotional sport and we've tried to make it a point of emphasis with our membership, our, our administrators and our coaches. And again, I don't have any documented information, but just from observation, I think we've made some headway. We still had issues. There's no doubt about it. And and we had some things we had to address. Overall, I think people are making the attempt to improve our sportsmanship. We got a long way to go, but I came away after we finished our series thinking that people do care and they are making the attempt to improve our sportsmanship. And so that was good to see as well. Once again, don't let the quest for perfection get in the way of progress. That, that's right. Yeah. That's yeah, right. That's good. And, and that, that's a great point because unfortunately there are too many instances where what becomes the headline and what becomes the focus are those negative situations, mm-hmm. those negative mm-hmm. behaviors. Mm-hmm. But when you actually put it in, in sheer context of the number of activities that occur on a nightly basis, I mean, just look at Guthrie Public Schools and the number of events that take mm-hmm. place and multiply that times 482 of all the schools across the state of Oklahoma. And so the number of basketball games that occurred from November through March, whether it was a middle school, whether it was a junior high, a junior varsity, varsity, is is mind-boggling when yeah. you look at the actual numbers. And so, unfortunately, there are those those negative events that did occur, have occurred all across the, sure. the country as well. And so whenever you actually put it in perspective of the, the percentage of that, it is it is fairly fairly small. Again, the, the, as, you, as you well said, you know, we're 
making progress you yeah. know, and, and trying to seek that perfection. Your main task at the OSSAA is to sign officials for the playoffs. I can't imagine what that task is like. It's packaged in such a condensed timeline as well to have three-man crews for all these basketball games. It was. It was quite a challenge, but that's what uh, we're tasked with. And um, fortunately, we were able to, to make it through in a positive manner. The weather, as you mentioned, was, was quite a challenge, <laughs> particularly the, the busiest week of the playoffs where the one week where we have had 550 basketball games in the playoffs from Class B to Class 6A. Not only postponing from Thursday, but postponing from Friday and then finally moving to Saturday. So three postponements. And it's one of those things that may sound uh, minuscule, all you do is just, okay, well, we'll just move the date. Well, can this official work this date? Can they work that date? Can this one be there at when and all those other things? So it, it just compounds that when you uh, literally take 550 games through that particular weekend as well as the other weekends as well. But that one was one of the, 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 the big challenges. And our officials all across the state, from you know, from all corners of the state, they stepped up in such a tremendous way. Uh, as you mentioned, the ability to have three officials on all the regional area and state games for the first time ever yeah. in the state of Oklahoma. Is it because we have more officials? No, it's not. It was because we had officials that literally were willing to do whatever was necessary to make that happen for the good of the game and for the good of those students and those schools and those coaches. And so consequently, we had some officials that literally they were working three, even four games in in a day just to make that happen for the three-person crews as well as, you know, for for those those young people out on the court. Missed some extra travel for a few of them. And with the delays from bumping to the Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to complete the, the, the 6A, 5A, 6A boys, and then starting – the state and area right after that, there were some officials that were working literally six six nights in a row. Um, and that's a testament to them. I mean, we have some, some great men and women in the officiating ranks. And it's almost like the when you send up the, the bat signal, it's like, yeah. okay, they answer the call and they answered the bell and did a tremendous job all the way through that. So I, I can't give enough credit to uh, all of our officials across the state that stepped up. And, and you know, the thing, the thing about that too that, we don't want to be lost with all this discussion is they've got a day job to tend to family to tend to and they're sacrificing to provide for our student athletes and and you said it and it is it is a sacrifice yeah yes they do get paid not not tremendously but they do get paid fairly well for what officials go through is it is a, a testament to them and their families as well. So you're saying they get yelled at a little bit, uh, just 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 a little, yeah, yeah. You know, not not too much, but uh, they 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 definitely, uh, again, uh, all across the state, uh, were were tremendous. You know, and we've talked a little bit about this, but when when I was in college, uh, I was a student manager for Oklahoma State men's basketball. I also took the officiating test and became a a licensed official. Um, And most of the time when I officiated, we were officiating at practice for OSU men's basketball. It was me and a couple other managers. And we got, we got pretty good at it. I felt like, Um, in fact, I can remember coach Sutton uh, calling John Erickson at the time, who was the head of the 
Big Eight officials. Right. And the coaches at that time, you know, you had Norm Stewart, you had Billy Tubbs, Roy Williams at KU. So they were characters, but they had, I think they all had their weekly call to John Erickson to talk about the officiating from the previous week. And I, I can remember hearing him say in his famous voice, you know, I've got three managers that can do a better job than anybody you can send me. And I thought, okay. He's happy, but when those assistants are yelling at me yeah. because they want to win the scrimmage, yeah. I'm going, this is this is not what I bargained for. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's when I got my start was my freshman year in college of, you know, officiating basketball and, and going through all that as well. And, of course, 25 years later, you know, we wouldn't trade it at all because great experiences and, and great relationships that are formed yeah. with fellow officials. And just as, as you mentioned, you know, with the OSU basketball team, that's that's that, that family and that brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing in the officiating world as well. That is the family. Have your own immediate family, but the extended family that uh, is that brotherhood and sisterhood of the officiating world. That's what, matter of fact, I, just yesterday I visited with a longtime football official who has been contemplating and considering whether or not to come back and still officiate uh, football. And we, we talked for 30 minutes yesterday, and he was – I hate to not officiate because of what these people mean to me mm-hmm. that's the crew being able to still be a part of those 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 football games uh you know in the fall that giving back to the game that you know literally has been a part of his entire life and that's just that's just a small microcosm of the vast majority of officials feel across yeah. the state and across the country and i think too that is because all our activities are so emotional. Mm-hmm. People lose lose sight of that, yeah. that these guys, they're not doing this because they're making a whole lot of money. They, they do it because they, they love high school activities. And as you mentioned, it's an avocation. It's not their, it's not their vocation. Yeah. So, so you know they're doing mm-hmm. it for the love of it. It does sometimes really, from our perspective, when officials take the beatings that, mm-hmm. that they take, you know, we wish that people would just kind of step back and, and realize the, the, these guys are working hard for not much money so that all those students can have a chance to do what they right. do. I think it made me a better basketball coach, too. You're right. Uh, by by officiating the game because, A, I knew the rules better, but, B, I also knew what to say to them that was objective right. about what I saw. Right. And it also helped the fact that, uh, you know, coming up through the ranks, some of those guys were calling my games I had called with. Mm-hmm. Right. So they knew that I had been in their shoes. Right. And I think you, you when you've done that, um, you, you really develop a, a – more of an appreciation of where they're coming from, too. And and so there's m- more mutual respect. You know, the other thing um, that I, I've learned uh, until about three years ago, for about 15, 16, 17 years, I evaluated the officials for the Big 12 in games that were either played at, at OU or OSU. And so every game they had somebody evaluating the officials. And so I would go in and meet with them two, two hours prior to tip off and we'd talk a little bit. And then, uh, then I'd, I'd be there for the game. I'd take notes and then meet with them after the game. If I had any questions of anything, and then, then I would have a list of, of plays to review on the, on the video. And I was amazed at how little they aired 
<laughs> you know, you see yeah. those, you, you know, David, you were talking about the emotion, but you see that, you know, you, you pick, you're in a packed Gallagher Iba arena and it's, it's OU and OSU playing Bedlam and you have all that emotion. Yeah. But then when you take that emotion away and you watch the job that they're doing and they're really getting it right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, but the but the lady up in the fifth row that paid for her ticket, uh, you you mentioned that the other day in an OSSAA board meeting, I think, Grant. Correct. correct. <laughs> and and you you attribute it to to a lady up there that was probably yelling three seconds or something. You know? <laughs> Grant, you and and David and Mike Whaley, who's a former uh, basketball official, he was one of the best around when he he was officiating. Staff at OSSAA have been talking about a crisis for years. That was coming, an impending crisis. I think this year maybe proved that nobody was crying foul. It's a real crisis. And so let's talk a little bit about where we are with officiating and the crisis that we've got in the, in the state and, and across, really across the country. It is. It, it, it's not just in Oklahoma. It is across the yeah. country. The number of officials is declining for multiple reasons, and you know we can we can discuss some of those reasons. But part of it is simply that the officiating ranks uh, are are getting older. And as I mentioned earlier, a veteran official who was contemplating stepping away from it, but still wants to give back to the game. So that's part of that. The, the average age of officials in, in Oklahoma is is fifty five to sixty years old. And that, that's the reality in, in all of the sports. The numbers have been diminishing uh, for quite some time, you know, the last 6, 10, 12 years. And that's, that's uh, again, not just in Oklahoma. But and it's not just basketball either, is it? Right. No, it, it, right. it is. Yeah. It, it's in all sports. Yeah. And, and, and you can, whether it's a, a fall, winter, spring, it really doesn't make any difference. It's just the, the dwindling numbers. And... The, it is it's truly at that crisis level because how it is affecting some of those those games, some of those events that, that maybe have to be rescheduled, maybe have to be postponed in some form or fashion just to, to, to make that happen. And that's where it's really difficult for those student-athletes because obviously, as you mentioned and I talked about the other day in the board meeting, you know, the, the goal that I had as an official and I have for our officials in all sports is to be 100% correct, okay? The reality is is that in the thousands and thousands of games that I called, I was never 100% right. And I that that's still the goal, though, as we strive for that perfection. But all that to say is simply that as we seek that, there are fewer and fewer that are entering the profession uh, because of some of the, the difficulties and some of the, the things that they face. And, you know, we, we've discussed a lot of different ways to try to improve that and, and, and improve those numbers, bring that up, and, and we can get into that as well. But it's one of the things that, that, that's a, a challenge in every facet of, of the workforce and not just in the officiating world. You face it as a superintendent mm-hmm. of schools with the number of teachers, the number of absolutely uh, number of custodians, the number mm-hmm. of uh, cafeteria workers and coaches. And mm-hmm. the, that, that application pool is dwindling not just in education, not just in the officiating world, but in, 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 in the service industry, at the restaurants, no matter where it might be. And so mm-hmm. if Anyone listening that is looking for any type of employment, officiating is, is a great way 
to make that income. As Mr. Mm-hmm. Jackson talked about, it, it's not the, the vocation, it is the avocation. So it's a way to help supplement some income. And for many, it becomes a, a, a very good source of income when you get right down to it. You can set literally your own hours because mm-hmm. you can choose and which games, okay, yes, I can be here on a Monday or I can be there on a Thursday or wherever it might be. And obviously, what most of us see are those varsity contests. But the reality is that the sub-varsities, whether it's the middle school, whether it's the junior varsity, whether it's the mm-hmm. freshman, whatever it might be, those games are still taking place. And just using baseball as an example, to only have one umpire at a baseball game, unfortunately, is becoming more and more of a reality where that's not ideal whatsoever. But in order for those games to take place, there has to be those officials out there. And so as we continue to try to bring more and more in, that's giving back to the game. Well, here's here's how I knew that we had truly reached a crisis this year that, that really kind of flipped the switch in my mind. I And I can't remember if I was on the – I was surfing for uh, ball games that were on a, on a Thursday night. And I saw that Stillwater was playing on a Thursday night. So my first thought was, okay, they're playing at a multi-high school and they've got one stadium, so they're forced to a Thursday night, which that's not as common as it once was because, like, Edmund has built his stadiums at their high schools and things like that. So then I did a little bit further research and realized, no, they're playing at Stillwater. Well, okay, why is there something going on at OSU that, you know, I spent eight years as athletic director there. I kind of know what goes on there. And uh, the no, I couldn't find anything there. So I found out later that that game was moved because they couldn't get officials for a Friday night in Stillwater, Oklahoma, in a six A game. You can't. You couldn't get officials. Very, very true, and that's <clears throat> that's one of the examples. I'm glad you brought it up because that is. That's a reality that we're facing, and you know you, you can just do the math on it. That we have approximately 320, 330 football playing schools in the state of Oklahoma. Well, you know, if playing each other, that turns into about 150, 160 football games on any given week of the season. This last year, we had 131 football crews available. Well, obviously, 131 is less than 150, mm-hmm. 160 games. So yeah. that there in of itself kind of gives you the indication as what needs to occur is to maybe moving some things to Thursday as in that situation is still where, as you mentioned. Well, and, and you know, the, the other thing that I've thought about, too, is take college basketball, for example. If we were to go back to when – and I, I love the fact that both of you guys are just a little bit older than I am. But, uh, <laughs> but, but if we were to go back to when we were in junior high and high school and college basketball, okay, at that time we're talking – just ESPN's in its infancy mm-hmm. is you can't turn on and find eight college basketball games on TV at night. The the college basketball games were played on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Exactly. Right. There is no way in the world that you would have enough officials if every college basketball game was played on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Right. Right. And then going to the high school the thing that I've noticed also is, and I, I touched on it earlier, but, okay, we we have, until about 10 years ago, we had a lot more multi-high schools that shared one stadium, right. so they played on Thursday nights. And so you could double up a football crew. Right. But, you know, you think about Putnam City has, has evolved 
Edmond has evolved. And so the Oklahoma City metro area is much different. I think, um, who's it, Moore and Norman are the only two that share a stadium now in the in the OKC yeah. metro right. area. Right. You know, so there's, there's right. more games on a Friday night, mm-hmm. which – and a shrinking officiating pool, yeah. and and the same things happened in te- in Tulsa too. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and, and Dr. Simpson, as as Grant mentioned, this is this is something that we've been yelling about for the last mm-hmm. twenty years, and as you mentioned, and and we and we're here, and even with some of the things that, that Grant had described, where you know we're we're looking at at scheduling games on. You know, Friday night lights are becoming Thursday night or mm-hmm. Saturday night lights. Um, I think we're probably still ahead of a lot of states. They've been in this crisis for two, three, four years where I've talked to other executive directors where they they are mandating games be be scheduled on on different nights. and And so this crisis is is real, and you know, we can, we can look at some of the reasons why, you know, we're, uh, as Grant mentioned, you know, we're losing, you know, some, some of the veteran officials and they're just not being replaced with the younger people uh, getting in. And, and even those that do, that are getting in at an early age, they're not staying. You know, yeah. they're, they're, we, we get them for one, two, three years and they realize what we have to put up with is not worth it. It forces us then to, to be creative in in trying to first recruit them and then to retain them. Grant's been really good of of coming up with some creative things to to recruit them. We then have to do all we can to to urge our school leaders, our coaches, that we've got to keep these people mm-hmm. and, and you've got to help us. Why do people quit? Why do why do they get out of officiating? Uh, other than if they age out or physical ailments, which can catch up to all of us eventually. Right. There, there are a multitude of reasons. Some of those are very practical from the standpoint of maybe a job change in their own life that enable they're not able to get to uh, to this game or that game like they, they used to. Um, so that that's one of those very realistic as well. What we have found is that if officials stay in it, Past that second, third year, they're more inclined and more likely to continue and stay in the officiating realm. What we have found is that that first, second year is so 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 crucial. And so one of the reasons that um, officials are leaving the ranks is so many times it becomes that maybe that middle school game that they're officiating. Again, to pick the sport doesn't make mm-hmm. any difference. But they're officiating that game, and it, it's a difficult uh, environment they're working in. And... Um, they go, well, do I really want to do this? And mm-hmm. as for many of officials, whether it's playing it, being a part of it their entire lives, getting to that point and trying to give back and wanting to still be involved in the game, they come to the realization at that first, second year is, uh, do I really want to do this? And that's, that's one of those big reasons we've talked sportsmanship. Uh, undoubtedly, that's a big part of that. As well as I think simply just the, the, there's a lot more things out there for people in in, in, in this time frame. You know, there was a time, as you mentioned, and, and for, you know, coaches, uh, just like myself, coaching football, coaching baseball, well, I fish eight basketball in the winter. Mm-hmm. There were many, many educators that did that in that time frame. In today's world, it's not quite as prevalent. And yeah. that's why 
educators, teachers themselves um, are used to working with with students. We're mm-hmm. used to working those situations. So that that's one of the the groups we'd really like to try to target and get get uh, them involved back again as well. But I think that's there's a multitude of reasons, but those become some of the the biggest ones. You know, the is what they face and go through worth the actual pay? There's a lot of intrinsic rewards that go along with yeah. officiating, and the extrinsic of yes, the you know the the pay or the the accolades or the mm-hmm. level, the prestige, whatever it might be, being you know on this stream or that that broadcast, whatever it might be, what it really comes down to is, do they still see the value in that? And for some, that that's what drives them away. Is it's like, I don't know that I'm really really cut out for this because it does it 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 does take a, a special uh, person and a thought process to go out and and be uh, you know. Uh, officiate the game at the highest and fairest level possible. Yeah, you, you know, it takes it takes a lot more than just a thick skin. Uh, you've you've got to have snap judgment. Exactly. Uh, you've got to be impartial. Uh, you know, I I can remember having the conversation with my basketball players when they would um, uh, get frustrated at the officiating and and not act the right way. And uh, I and I said, look, this is a game that is it's coached by humans, mm-hmm. it's played by humans, and it's officiated by humans. Don't be shocked when people <laughs> act human. You treat them with respect, and they will treat you with respect. And if they don't treat you with respect when you've treated them with respect, then I will handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, and but I think that. There's, you know, I've said this before. ESPN's done a lot of great things for college basketball and, and the game of basketball and and really all sports. But it, you touched on it earlier of the sometimes with the media we focus on the drastic, and that's what's on Sports Center, right. and people assume that that's how they should act too. I I was at a one of my son's games about a month ago, and he's in second grade. And the game before us, there's a grandma that's going all, all off on this YMCA official. It's one of her high school kids. And I, I actually walked down and stepped between them. And I'm sitting here going, why are we doing this? You know, it's a YMCA game. But, but that's, that's what, you, what you deal with. And, and so my first thought was, will this kid ever really want to be an official? Right, right. You know? That, that, that's such a good point, especially as we try to recruit uh, the young officials. In a lot of cases, we older guys, we were raised in a generation where being yelled at wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. Not so much the case now True. with this younger generation. So we, we get these new officials, uh, as Grant mentioned, where in their first two years that is mm-hmm. very critical. And they're a lot of times when they get – People yelling at them from the stands, it may be the first time in their lives yeah. they've been yelled at. We're dealing with a with a different group now as far as the young officials are concerned and, and so retaining them really is, is a challenge. Great point. You know, yeah. and, and you, you as an educator I, I know that, but I have to be reminded of that with the difference in, in generations mm-hmm. too. You know, and and we've all faced it. There's not a, a person in the world literally that hasn't been confronted and faced with the reality of, of, of what, what COVID has done sure. uh, in, in their lives. Yeah. And 
for us, obviously, it hit very much at home uh, two years ago when the 2A to 6A uh, <laughs> state basketball, literally two and a half hours before opening tip-off for the first game, you know, had, had to pull the plug because of what was going on. And obviously last year coming back with, you know, some limited attendance and some alterations and some deviations from what, quote, the norm is, what we what it seems to me is that all across the, the country, across the world, is there is such a level of animosity and hostility yeah. that has surfaced. And I think a lot of that is a result of, of how COVID has affected literally everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, I mean, you can point this, point that. But when it's all said and done, as Mr. Jackson talked about earlier, people wanted to get back out to the games this yeah. year. That's why the attendance was, was great. But with that comes this certain level of, you know, I've been kind of out of the normal societal mm-hmm. experiences for a little bit. And whether that's at the at the local uh, Walmart or at the restaurant or wherever it might be, some of those things, people become a little more short-fused, a little more short-tempered. Yeah. And I think it just manifests itself sometimes in the realm of competition. Well, and, and we've seen that in the classroom right. this year, too. I, and I, I've not been shy about sharing with our community that, one of the greatest uh, challenges we face this year as, as school administrators, and it's not just in Guthrie, it's it's across right. the nation, sure. is the behavior of of our students. And uh, um, but a lot of that is because they've been taken from their routine, right. and in many cases placed in an environment that had no routine, and now we're put back into a structured environment that uh, that's yeah. going to make us struggle. So, okay, so let's. <laughs> What, what can we do to make this better? What's, what's, uh, what's the plan? What can we, as, as, a, as members of the state of Oklahoma, when we want our kids to have a good experience and we know that a better experience is with having two umpires at a baseball game and, or three instead of one, and what can we do to, to help? Well, one of the things is being done right here in your school at Guthrie. At Guthrie High School, there is a sports officiating class that uh, longtime official Rick Michu also coached football here and, and coached golf uh, here at Guthrie for many years. Longtime basketball official and has that sports officiating class right here in, in, in Guthrie High School. We've got several other schools that have implemented and are starting some of those sports officiating classes at the high school level. That is just one of the ways for, for schools to take a very viable and tangible way of maybe it's 8, 10, 14, 20 students, however it might be, that, okay, exposing them to the game. Again, no matter what the game, we, we can, whether it's volleyball, basketball, that make any difference on that. But getting them involved in an appreciation for what officials do, what they go through, and all that's involved with that. I think it manifests itself and plays out in their own realm. If, if Taking it to the, to the extreme of, okay, this is what officials go through, and this is what they try to do, and I'm learning that in this high school class, then when I'm out on that court or on that field or on that mat, then – you know what? Uh, hopefully, that kind of translates and kind of kind of affects that. So that's one of the things that that uh, the more schools uh, like Guthrie that mm-hmm. that are able to do that at the at the high school level to start that with high school students to expose them to that. Hopefully, that will uh, see that return over the years uh, as we continue those type of those type of things. So that's that's one of those. We also talked about educators themselves, um, the, the teachers, the coaches. It was mm-hmm. very much the norm as we yeah. talked about for coaches in their, quote, 
off season uh, to go officiate another sport. And of course, the way it is now, um, I'm not sure there's much of an off season that occurs. In, That's a good point. And so much of That's, that. So that yeah. that is is the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. But even at that, there there's still the the the, the teacher who. Mm-hmm is used to dealing with students and knows the, the educational psychology and the background and how to work with, with them. So that, that's another target area is, is working with, with the, the schools and with educators themselves. And then it really goes back to getting the information out there. At the state basketball tournaments, we were very fortunate. Uh, several of our officials in other sports, they were able to man uh, a booth called Say Yes to Officiating. And we had several people sign up through that, Great. and so got, got some good leads on that. So that's just another way of communicating the the, the message. And, and opportunities like this, Dr. Mm-hmm. Simpson, I mean, just to come and express the word and put out the call because bottom line to it is if there's one person listening and they say, okay, go to OSSA.com, go to officials registration, and we can get you hooked up, that is one more than what we we, we had. So yeah. that's the goal of it is just spreading the word. Well, that – and. And I, I think, Mr. Jackson, you were going to – I'm guessing because I, I know you fairly well, you were going to touch on sportsmanship. I'm, <laughs> am I right? You're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right, Dr. Simpson. And, 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 and where I was going to go in, in, that, in that area is, you know, we, we talked about the, the emotions, and, and, and I don't know really how much we can we – can, change that when it's my son, my daughter, my grandson, my yeah. granddaughter. That's just a, a, a natural uh, impulse with with a lot of people. Don't know how much we can touch that. But but I think where we can make the impact is from the professionals, the mm-hmm. the, the school leaders, the, the the administrators, the coaches themselves. You know, in most cases the people in the stands feed off of what happens uh, on the floor Absolutely. With, 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 with the professionals. So as we improve our interactions mm-hmm. with officials, uh, I, I think it will get better up in the stands. And, and so we're going to continue to emphasize and encourage our professionals to, to do better in, in this sportsmanship area. And, and I think as we improve that, it will improve in, in other areas. Um, I agree a hundred percent. And I, you know, I, I'm really proud of the, the coaching staff that we have at Guthrie, because I, I think we, uh, when I watch them and how they handle their players and, and their, the officials, I think, uh, uh, you know, they don't give them a free pass if they disagree, but they're, they're in a respectful manner. Right. And, and I think that always translates into how the, the student athletes act. And, 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 you know, I can, I can remember when I would get so frustrated with the officiating that I wasn't coaching my team. And, and I, I think that's, that's something that as you mature as a coach, you right. get to a point where you realize that uh, uh, there's a lot of things that you can control, and one of them is what your focus is, sure. and right. your focus will be the focus of your student-athletes, sure. right. and in turn is the focus of the people in the stands generally. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, and I, I, I had – one of my mentors told me one thing. He was an old basketball coach turned superintendent, and he 
He said, uh, officiating just got a whole lot better when I got out of coaching. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, is there anything else you guys want to share while we're, while we're talking today? The only thing that that I would share, uh, Dr. Simpson, is as we're talking about getting back to normal and people coming out to, to watch high school activities, of course, it's, it's our job, but the, the, the people that work on, on our staff do so because we're so passionate about high school. And we're so passionate about high school is because it is still the purest form of, of competition out there. And, and as things are constantly changing at the other levels, at the higher yeah. levels, uh, what goes on in high school activities becomes even more special. Mm-hmm. And, and so, uh, still we, pure, isn't it? It, it is. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, 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 and I think people are gravitating to that. Mm-hmm. I, I think they, they, more people are becoming disenchanted with what they see at the, at the other levels. And we're still that, that, that pure competition. And, and, uh, and so we just, we just encourage people to continue to support their their high schools that's great exactly and in those games those activities no matter what it might be out on that field that court mat whatever it might be is the bottom line to it is if the officials aren't there that game or that match that's not going to take place yeah. and so that's why it is important to communicate and get the word out. And that's why I appreciate being here in, uh, today to, to discuss the, the crisis that we're yeah. in. And as we continue down that road of continuing to try to recruit more and more officials is that sportsmanship that, that uh, Mr. Jackson's talked about. The bottom line to it is is that those games don't occur without those officials. So that's why we need you. So that's what we say is say yes to officiating. Well, that's, that's great. And I, I appreciate you guys kind of sealing up that – that package with the bow that you put there you know one of the things that i i want to compliment both of you and and the entire ossaa staff because when i go to the state basketball tournament and i watch the emotion as it climaxes with either the greatest feeling that they've known in their lives up to this point or the heartbreak that's going to teach them life lessons whether they're hoisting uh, the gold ball, they're hoisting, they're, they're holding, they don't hoist it, the silver ball, or or they're ending their season. Uh, in many cases, the, the last competitive event that they will have in their lives. Uh, that, that event and the, the work that you guys do is what produces that for those kids. And, and that's never lost with me that, you know, the the OSSAA can be a punching bag for uh, people when they don't when it's not what they want when we're when a decision has to be made and that is fair and equitable for all. But the the opportunity that that you guys provide is such a life changing event for all of it, all of our student athletes. And uh, and so I don't I I want to thank you for for what you provide for our kids and and I know that you guys you you hear the other and so you need to hear some of that too and thank you so much thank you um, we've we've covered a lot we've gone over just a little bit but I think it was it was uh, well well discussed and 
I, uh, I really appreciate you guys coming today, and, and I want to thank the city of Guthrie for producing this. And uh, I guess uh, we'll, we'll have to keep working on this, and, uh, and I, know that, uh, I know that you guys are every day. Again, thanks for coming, uh, and we'll, we will really appreciate you listening and, and taking to heart some of the things that were said today because uh, it it's makes a difference for kids. So thanks for joining us on Chalk Talk. For David Jackson, Grant Gower, I'm Mike Simpson. Hope you join us next time.